Hello, Hello yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie. How are we this week? We're great this week, doll. We're really great this week. How are you? I'm so good. I've just come off the back of a really, really nice family weekend away, which was just so, so lovely. I feel like life has been busy and crazy and I'm already feeling that like crazy pre-Christmas energy seeping in. So it was really, really nice to just slow down and yeah, I felt like every spare second in the past week or so that Nick's been home, I've kind of just been like handballing the kids, trying to get work done. So I don't really feel like we've spent good time, you know, the four of us in the last couple of weeks. Mm. I don't know if you've been feeling that way, but in our line of work, November is just crazy because you know, people want things promoted for Christmas. And yeah, it was nice to just like stop and breathe and laugh at the kids. And they were crazy. It wasn't necessarily relaxing, but it's like, oh, well, I've got nothing else to do, nowhere else to be. So I'll just laugh along with them as they tear this restaurant, hotel room, whatever apart. (laughs) (laughs) I take my hat off to you. (laughs) Tell me about your week. My week's been really good. I've been feeling heaps better, which is awesome. That's I know. enough to celebrate. <laughs> I know. I've had a few things that I'll probably share in a few weeks because there's just some things that I've been doing simmering away. So I just want to see how that all pans out, but I'm feeling really, really good. I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has voted for us for the Listener's Choice Awards so far. And if we do not win, <laughs> I just want to say, can you just send me a trophy in the mail via eBay? I don't care what it says or if it's someone else's, just so I've got someone something. else's name. God, I don't care who. Doesn't have that my name on it. Some poor child whose trophy has been stolen <laughs> off them. No, I'm pretty sure in like last week's episode I promised you that even if we don't win and even if we do, because to be honest, I think even if we do win, you're not getting a trophy, um, I promise I will organise a really nice, tacky, plastic trophy for you. Maybe it'll be someone playing tennis or golf or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be even better. I'm not fussy when it comes to trophies. Any lows this week or all highs? Okay, so highs, obviously I've been feeling good and the other high that I have is that I saw the new James Bond film and look, I don't love James Bond films but I like them. This one I loved and I'm not sure if it's because I haven't seen an adult movie in a cinema for two years or more. I was going to say, what a novelty to even go to a cinema and watch a film that is designed for an adult. I want—I didn't want to say adult film because I think that kind of has <laughs> different connotations. No, it was- but a film for an adult, what a novelty. I said to Nick, I'm like, I love this. This was so good. He's like, oh, yeah, it was good, but this is it. I'm like, no, 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 this was so good. But anyway, long story short, before we left we got a babysitter and she came in and I was showing her around 
around the house and she is someone that used to work at Yumi's school so she knew Yumi and she's like Yumi come and show me your room and Yumi showed her the room and she's like oh, I don't sleep here. And she's like, why? And she's like, I sleep in mummy's bed. And she's like, but why don't you sleep in here? It's pretty. And she's, she points to this scary painting in her room and goes, because of that. And I was like, oh, my God, if I had have known this, like, I don't know, seven months ago, we could have cleared this up. So, you know, those paintings of children and they're like, it's a scribble. It's a scribble of the child when they were born. That's what it looks like. But it looks quite yeah, scary yeah. if you look at it, like really creepy. So, no, I get what you mean. So I took yeah. it off her wall and like put it out of her room and she's been sleeping in it. Is that a bad parent moment? I just love if maybe you'd even asked the question seven months ago. Like it's not even about removing the painting. It's just like even asked, like, why do you want to come in mummy's bed? <laughs> I've never asked the question. I just thought she was a shit sleeper at this time. Developmental, oh, you know. Developmental, of course. Oh, that is too funny. And so now we're good as gold? Nah, we're not good as gold, mate. We're kinda, <laughs> I can't just blame it all on the scary painting. I think that was one of many, but it's made her a little bit happier to go to bed, but she definitely still wakes up and wants to come over. That is too, too funny. Now, do you have any mum hacks or rude or fabulouses for us this week? Okay, I've got a rude or fabulous that I'm going to read out to you. This is hilarious. Well, we thought it was hilarious, so we hope you guys do too. I had to message you guys as I feel like you would appreciate this. First of all, absolutely love your podcast. She did say that. (laughs) They've helped me feel so understood when I had my first baby and super supportive after my recent miscarriage with my second. Your banter is the best and you guys are total babes. Oh my God, stop it. Anyway, (laughs) I have been listening to your podcast for a while now and I recommended your podcast to my friend as I thought she would enjoy them too. I said something along the lines of you should subscribe to Beyond the Bump podcast. They are amazing. They have great tips on toilet training, etc. But just a heads up, they talk really fast and it can be quite hard to follow sometimes, which is annoying. Long story short, my friend had a listen and informed me that you two don't talk fast. I had increased the speed (laughs) on my podcast somehow. I have literally been straining to hear and follow you guys for months because you were talking incredibly fast when actual fact I had the setting wrong on my phone and you guys actually talk at a very easy to follow pace. So my apologies for saying you were annoying and hard to follow. Totally my bad. Very grateful that I can now listen to you at a normal speed. Keep up the amazing work. Oh my God. That is so fabulous. So this is a rude or fabulous. It's also a PSA. It's a public service announcement to check your podcast settings. You can change it. It is also a mum hack. If you don't have much time and you want to get through, you know, like an episode quicker, you can turn up all podcasts to listen to them at like 1.5 times speed. And at the start, it feels really quick, but you get really used to it and you can get through a podcast. really quickly if you don't have that much time but if you do think we're crazy fast just check it and make sure you haven't accidentally turned us up it's just gold now do you have any rude or fabulous moments or mum hack I actually have a rude or fabulous as well this week 
go for it. And I'm glad I'm reading this one out because it's actually a friend of yours, but, you know, we'll keep it very anonymous. Oh, shit. (laughs) It's not about you, don't worry. Okay. So at night I often add salts and lavender to a bath and jump in if my husband has both of my boys in the pool. The other night, within 10 minutes, our youngest realises I must be relaxing somewhere and races inside to the bath. He swears that he won't splash, he won't yell and wants to have a relax too, so I let him in. Within a minute of sitting by my feet, he says, Mama, from this angle, your vagina looks like SpongeBob Squarepants. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, rude, not fabulous. (laughs) Oh, my God. Look, that is rude. But for us to retell that story, it's freaking fabulous. It's so fabulous. I know who that friend is. I know who that child is. Because you know her vagina looks like SpongeBob. Because I know her vagina looks like SpongeBob for sure. (laughs) Can I slip in a quick rude or fabulous here? Earlier today, Poppy turns to me and she goes, Mummy, I love Goldie because Goldie loves me. And I said, oh, babe, that's lovely. Are there any other reasons you love her? No, just because she loves me. I was like, you little narcissistic piece of shit. Yeah, there are many people out there like you, Pops. You might grow out of it. (laughs) All right, enough from us. Let's get into today's episode. We loved this chat. We chatted to dads Jack and Ross and they told us all about their journey through surrogacy to have their beautiful little girl, Ollie. Yeah, I loved this chat. Absolutely loved it and I was very, very proud of myself that I didn't take on Ross's accent. Usually when someone has an accent, I like they like start speaking their language and they're like, oh, but I, I held it together. Oh, so, so proud of you, girl. You're I know, so I know. Strong. It's incredible. <laughs> but no, there was so much about surrogacy that I, I, I didn't know and I didn't realise. Um, so I found this super interesting. Yeah, we hope you guys enjoy. Ross and Jack, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You've just let us know that this is kind of your first public surrogacy dadhood chat. (laughs) So we are honoured that you've allowed us to give you the space for this. But before we dive into all things fatherhood, can you introduce yourselves and tell our beautiful listeners a little bit about you both? I'm Ross. I'm from England. I moved out here with work. Um, I work in the beauty, well, worked in the beauty space and now work in health and wellness. And I moved out here seven years ago and jumped online uh, looking for... Looking we for met in the most romantic place of that. Oh, do tell. We're right. Ed Grinder. Yes. yes. Most beautiful love stories, modern love stories now, tend to be Grinder or Tinder. Yeah. Like it, it was funny because Jack and I spoke to, spoke, spoke to each other on Grinder. blah, 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 banter, banter. But actually it was weird. We actually didn't meet for we six, for six, six months. months before we actually met each other. Oh, so you actually fell in love talking. Conversing. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of chat. Was, I think we both thought each other one maybe wasn't the right cup of tea <laughs> at that final moment. Ross kept wanting me to pick him up to go for a beer, and I just thought that's super high maintenance. I was like, I was like, I'm new in a city. The least you could do is pick me up, and we're going to drive for a beer. And he was just like. Uh, no, mate. It's like, a block away from your house. Yeah. <laughs> Ross is like, if you thought that was high maintenance, you have no idea what you're about to get yourself <laughs> you in know, for. You're in for a treat. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, after six months, I did pick him up, and that was six years ago. So now I've got a baby. And was the chat just as good in real life? I remember back in the day. I mean, I got with my husband before kind of Tinder and stuff was big, so I never did the app dating type thing. But I remember even in high school, like speaking to guys on MSN, I was like, I'm so much funnier on MSN than I am in real life. Like, (laughs) were you worried about that? I don't know. I don't know, I got here and I just thought Jack's banter was great and I called him Melvin's hidden treasure and then apparently he saved on his phone, which his mum saw, saving under has potential. Oh, has it potential. was as a joke. Has potential. So I was just like, so his mum's like, oh, who's has potential? He's like, oh, this is a guy that definitely has potential to be a boyfriend. All right, we know who's playing hard to get. <laughs> yeah, just has this dynamic Jack. continued? Taking the piss, but he did, he did bust me out of it. So, Jack, you tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Jack. I'm the Australian one, Melbourne born and bred. I was from a fashion background and then moved a couple of years ago into event sort of creative and styling and still work in that now, but a lot less because COVID has kind of shut that world down, which was perfect timing for Olivia to come along because I'll be the primary carer for this sort of initial stage. Uh, And going down to, you know, only a couple of days a week last year actually gave me a lot more time to focus on the admin side of surrogacy, which is huge. So, yeah, it was a productive year of lockdown actually we managed to we got pregnant in lockdown <laughs> on the other side of the world <laughs> the only one. yeah yeah no so it's uh yeah that's us in a nutshell and how soon after kind of getting together did you start the chat that you know you guys wanted to be dads first date yeah so where uh-huh. do, what yeah. are you looking for and it's funny i think we both always wanted to be dads and flagged it early on as a just want to make sure this is a one day possibility no pressure but we both did want it. And yeah. then, then it was cool to settle into a couple of years of, you know, well, let's try and travel and have fun and all the stuff that you probably don't do as much once. Yeah. And how many started. years? So we've been together seven seven years and we, we were trying, not trying to get pregnant, but as in like that surrogacy journey has been three years. So I think it was out wow. like year four. Yeah, it's we taken like, us almost four years to get to this point. So can you talk us through that whole journey? And how did you decide on that over for like adoption, mm. for example? So we did we did try adoption initially and we had we met with this really great woman from Adoption Australia who basically sat us down. We we're both keen on trying to get a baby. We didn't want to miss out on the early years. And she sort of, I don't know, I think I think liked us and was happy to level up and just said, look, if you want a baby, realistically, the wait list as a homosexual couple is a few years and you're not likely to get a baby. You know, you'll probably get placed with someone who's between 5 and 12. It's not impossible. And it might be up to five years until that happens. And we just sort of waited up. Basically, a mother can still tick a box giving up a child that she'd prefer they were raised in a traditional family unit. And right. I was going to say, is the wait list longer for a homosexual couple? Yeah. yeah. So back then 91% was, were ticking that box. Wow. So the amount of children, yeah, it was a huge statistic and a huge kind of blow for us. It was around the time yeah. when gay marriage was going through and we were sort of sitting there thinking like, like the world's against us in yeah, a way. Yeah. But she, and she was fantastic. And she just said, you know, we're lobbying really hard against this because 
actually we're the right people to determine who is the best fit for one particular child or other. But anyway, we just sort of then looked at fostering. Um, and I think that at the time, I can't think the stats exactly, but it was like 11,000 children were in care. In was, or 17,000. That was fostering. There were 35,000 kids under under 15 who, who needed assistance wow. but going through the foster process which I still think we'd be keen to explore, explore at some stage but we sort of struggled a bit with the fact that you know we actually would like to have a child and the whole aim of fostering is to get them back to their to, uh, parents, parents. Yeah. Um, which I totally appreciate it just doesn't serve my own selfish needs for wanting a kid and also you know, you need permissions to be to, able to, to go, go, go to England. If we wanted to go and take our foster child to England to meet my family, that you course. have to ask permission. Oh, it's to, a different experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's completely different. And it just it circled back to the fact that we actually want to have our own family, at least, yeah. at least this way for now, and then we could look as fostering as more of a helpful thing later and, down the road. My sister's got two and we were in Mexico for my mum's 60th and Jack and I were like full-on gay dad parents with our niece and nephew, just like chlorine eyes, bloodshot eyes, because they were constantly like, again, Uncle Ross, again, I'm crossing the water. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. And then we're like, every night at 7 p.m., we were like, nah, I've never slept better in my life. <laughs> it's like, done. And I think that trip confirmed that like, actually, we just, we want to do it and we need to save the money and we need to start exploring and start putting the wheels in motion. So what is the process like? How do you begin? Uh, it's a few episodes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how you go. So basically in Victoria at least, commercial surrogacy isn't an option. It needs to be a sister, friend, volunteer, which we just didn't have at our fingertips because it's a huge And there, deal. Are, there are Facebook groups. There are people that in, do it. In Australia and you can do it, but... There's a lot of people trying to do it to do it that way. We chose to go to America, though, where it's in California, where we went. It's a, it's a regulated industry. There are protections mm. for the intended parents, for the gestational carriers, for the donors, the, like you name it. Everyone has their own protections and purposes. And it also, as a state, allows both of us to be on the birth certificate, which not all states do. So yeah. we chose California for, first as a really liberal state where, you know, it's quite legit. And then it was about finding the agency because depending on your agency, some are full circle and have their own insurance teams, legal teams, all the rest, but come at a premium. Right. We went with a smaller outfit and from there they kind of say, right, well, here's your 400-step list, you know, how do you want to do things? You need to find your own fertility clinic, your own legal team, insurance, yeah. wow. all the rest, and egg donors, do you decide who wants to be a father, how many kids you want to have, and then you start looking for a surrogate and the real fun begins. Even with COVID, I'm just thinking about countries. The reason we went for America, yes, it's transactional, but as a homosexual couple, it's probably one of the only countries that you can do commercial surrogacy. So if you're a heterosexual couple, there's other countries around the world that you can do it. But as a homosexual couple, that's just not. You can do it in other places. Like, for example, we could go to the Ukraine, but I or Ross would need to fly there alone as a heterosexual and single parent. Single parent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's not really how you want to, you no, don't want to be starting your journey, no, totally. hiding things no, yeah, in, in 2021. Places, yeah, and other countries that are just perhaps a little bit more politically unstable that 
you know. So how did you decide whose sperm you would use? We didn't. We tried for twins. We tried for twins and we lost one in the well, lost so we, in the first trimester. So we just we implanted one embryo each, and right. we don't know who made it. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness! How wonderful! Yeah, so we don't. Know Not wonderful we... that no. you know one of the embryos miscarried, but yeah, yeah, so we don't know and we won't find out. And the egg was the surrogate's egg or no, a donated no. egg? You can't carry your own egg. Oh, because yeah. then, then it it's blurs their... too many lines. Well, then it's their child. So mm, at yeah. the moment, one of the biggest protections, I suppose, from an intended parent is that mm. it is your and your biological matter. And an anonymous donor, or you can have someone who's not anonymous, but we chose anonymous. And then we sort of legally are the only decision makers in the equation. So, and how did you choose the egg donor? So they're anonymous, but do you get like certain features or an IQ to choose from? Like, how <laughs> no, does that kind of go? like an old MySpace? Yeah, I think it's like MySpace. Like, you go on, there's just lots of egg donors on there. And I think the key thing for us in IVF is you have to make sure that the egg donor is genetically viable with both Jack and I. So we're all carriers of something. So obviously Jack and I did our tests, spit in the tube, send that off. It tells you what your carriers are. And that just means it eliminates any other egg donor that is not genetically viable. Because we're trying with twins for both of us. That just meant there's four ways. It was Ross, me, the donor, and our carrier. And was it harder to find a carrier who was happy to, you know, have a high chance of having twins? Was that more difficult to yeah. find someone? Yeah, and you and it comes at a premium as well. So if you're and if you can carry, they're open to carry twins. Then there's an inflated cost as well for for them to carry. Yeah, well, it's so. double the effort, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, I think that when we're getting um, forms sent through, it was just like no to carrying twins or this surrogate is. But then even that process is quite a strict process because our fertility centre is very strict. And if you're not a certain height, then they wouldn't put you through to carry carry twins. So we had a couple of surrogates that our uh, fertility centre was like no, I'd be rejected for sure. It, yeah, we yeah. <laughs> just like they're like this is just because car- multiple births is danger, not da- uh, yes, danger, higher risk. Yeah, yeah, high risk, high risk. Um, and obviously, if you're short, then you just can't carry twins. That just doesn't make sense, does it? No, you can, but I, I guess. Well, I think you totally can. I think, like you say, yeah. it's just high risk. High and risk. At the end of the day, the fertility clinic makes the rules. Awful, you know, like they're invested in this because it affects their percentages as well. And right. they say, you are actually putting out a huge amount of money. We want to give you the best chance. Yeah. So your egg donor should be this age. Your carrier should be around this age. Your, you know, we're just trying to give you the best possible chance. Yes. And I don't know if this is true, but maybe like if you're carrying a child that is genetically yours, it's probably more likely to be swayed to be a similar size to well, you. That's true. Whereas if you're carrying a, a baby that is four. not genetic, like, <laughs> mm. yeah, like, I mean, Ross, I believe you're quite tall. Is no, that no, right? no, 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 like, no, wait for this. Oh. I was seven pounds five. Jack was ten pound three. But what's your height yeah, now? I'm not carrying Jack's oh, wait, baby. I'm six, I'm six <laughs> foot one. Jack's like literally. Our poor surrogate. She was texting like because she had three children. She's got three children, and we were guessing the weight. And she was like, "Oh, but she's currently, you know, four pound something." And we were like, "Well, Jack was a ten pound three. She's like, "I really hope it's not Jack." <laughs> <laughs> and was this the first time your surrogate had been a surrogate? Yes. Yeah. 
And how was the experience for her? Did you come across any blips along the way or any stresses? She was cool. She was cool. She had three kids of her own and... Were you able to meet her? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we met her before the birth and afterwards she came before she was discharged from the hospital for a hold and cuddle. And then about a month month later we went for brunch together and all sat and she had the baby the whole... And it was amazing as soon as she started talking, yeah. Ollie's face turned just straight. I just lit up because she'd obviously it. heard that voice yeah, of course. throughout the whole pregnancy. Yeah. Yes, Ollie. Yes. Come on then. Get you on. So if it was during COVID that you guys got pregnant, how did you do all we, of We this? sent us um, by horse racing courier. <laughs> like by what, sorry? A racing, racing horse sperm courier. Frozen. <laughs> You'd hate to mix that up. <laughs> yeah, so that there's a special. I don't know how, how legal that is, but, yeah, we, that, that's what they normally do. So it's basically this, like, uh, I don't know, it's a, an esky with a motor. That an expensive run, esky. That's that can run for two weeks at the perfect temperature and we sort of threw it into the back of a van in COVID when you weren't allowed to leave your house and, and, and it's, off it went. And it survived. And they got there. They, as soon as it arrived, it took like 72 hours to get there. They got it in. We were I don't following know. the tracking details and like, why is it sitting in that car park in Los Angeles? What are oh, we doing? how incredible. I love that horses are worth so much more than like human babies. So they've got oh, this technology cool. for horse racing sperm, but not for yeah. human sperm. And you sperm. can just pop in your sperm in there. Seriously. But then, you know, you invest that money in that because obviously we, we thought we were going to fly out there and then we were going to go and drop the goods off and then go to Mexico for two weeks and have dads on tour holiday and that <laughs> didn't happen. So we, we were like, oh, God, is it going to survive? Is it going to survive? And there's no real insurance to cover you if it doesn't survive. So you're just kind of just going like, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope. And it gets there and our, our fertility agency contacted us and was like, all working, guys. It's all made it. It's all live working. You're all good to, it's it's all good swimming. to go. Let's, let's it's swum across the world. Yeah. How good. And then so first implant or what do you call transfer. it? First transfer worked. Yeah, yeah. which was so lucky because yeah. I think we were both so nervous and, you know, the egg donor did her retrieval. We made the embryos and we were like, okay. And then that's a process because when they when they make the embryos, you can they, they send you a chart every day to see how they're going and which ones are graded and which ones haven't worked. And you're like, oh, God, this fertility in general is quite stressful. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle, but it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, whatever. It's, it's actually quite of stressful. Course. Just the whole but post. I love that you can be, even though that you're not physically there, you are so there in the whole process because they're sending you updates and you can track this mm. and you can track that. So, you know, you are a part of it as much as you can. Yeah, and, uh, you know, our surrogate, she, she was way more chill than we were. She's had three children, so we were just like, oh, and obviously going going to tra- transfer day and then going for the transfer. And, you know, I think also, though, like, because we were doing this in the depth of yeah. Melbourne's hardest yeah. lockdown, it sort of didn't necessarily feel like America was that far away because we weren't seeing anyone anyway, you know. Five kilometres away was just <laughs> as far as America was. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, it, even if we were working with a team from Melbourne, that's the way that it would have happened. So I think that sort of made it feel a little bit less strange that, you know, it 
if anything, it was just an accent change. And can I assume that your surrogate had pretty cruisy, like you're speaking to two people who have had hyperemesis and I'm like, oh, what I would do to be able to help a couple that couldn't, you know, be pregnant with their own child. But you couldn't but be paid. I just, I couldn't. <laughs> I, I don't care what you're paying me. I couldn't do it. My, sister, it. my sister was like that. She's like, she's like, I love you guys, but no. Yeah, she's like, my sister's like, nah, sorry. She's like, just had two babies, just like sharp, sharp. Yeah. But I think she, I, had a, she had a pretty rough ride, though. It wasn't a smooth pregnancy. It wasn't a smooth pregnancy. Right. There were a lot of moments where we never thought we'd get to this point. Yeah, like I think um, full, we announced it on Instagram, as you all do, and the day we announced it on, it, on Instagram, our surrogate, it's an emergency. Emergency, and I think we, you know, she had a hematome when we were bleeding for, like, nine weeks. So, like, we oh, were constantly, wow. like, just sat on... Like, why did we put this Why did I just online? put it online? Why did I put it online? Yeah. Like, why did I do that? Like, but I think you just get, you think at 14 weeks, okay, we're at the herd. It was our first one. We're so excited. And then it just was just like, this is not going to go well. My mum's keeps telling me, you know, just prepare yourself. Just, you know, in case something happens, I'm like, mum, I don't need this. <laughs> I just, I don't yeah. need it. But, you know, our surrogate was great. She was, again, she was relaxed and she was like, it's not ideal but I'm feeling good. And, you know, we then found out that Ollie was a little girl and then she was like, she is a fighter. She is staying. And we could see like the hematoma was quite a big hematoma, mm. but she was just like, you've got to fight her. You've got to fight their boys. Like, and we were just like, well. And she was amazing as well. You know, she's got a busy, well, she's a working mum with three kids and she still went on bed rest for a time to try and Aww. protect her. You know, she was... A very good. No, she was and very- legally, are you privy to all of that medical information? Like, how does that work? So it depends on what agreement you've made prior to the transfer. Yeah. So all of that yeah. stuff is ironed out, like well and truly before you get pregnant. And yeah, it's everything from how much information to how much contact you have with them to what the sort of benefits. Uh, yeah, your benefits package, I suppose. Like. If this happens, how, what costs we're liable for throughout the process? So, if there's any missed work, it's we cover wages and childcare. If there's maternity leave, or maternity leave, maternity clothing, clothing, travel, all. So the spectrum of what you spend based on the experience is really different. Totally. And we like what's know, the minimum budget. and what's the maximum? Yeah, like that's the thing. You budget thinking right. Well, if it's a zero complication pregnancy journey this is what we're up for but know that if you end up in niku it can run to ten thousand us a day like it yeah is and that's just fully out of pocket yeah well you can't insure a child born through surrogacy if they're international intended parents you can't it's very hard to do it so it's like you've got to negotiate taking away from the american healthcare system we're not american And can I ask approximately how much your journey cost? I think we've sort of avoided totally telling you that. But it's It's, uh, like between one and 200 grand. 200. Wow. And I think it's more towards a higher higher end. But it's just, surrogates put their body through all of of this. Like, you know what you mean? Like, she gave us. This gift. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm not like, doubting no, that no, no, she I was 100% just, like, worth it, it but like, it's a lot, hey. People spend it. say, of course it's expensive. And it's, people spend that on a wedding. Some people spend it on a wedding. Like, do you know, so for us, we were just like, this is, and that's what took, we had to, it took a little while to us to save the money and get everything together. But no, it, it's a bit of debt involved too. But we did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, 
We did, we did it, and we'd love to do but it. But look at that little bundle of state. joy sitting on your yeah. lap. No, yeah, no, she was. She's she's been great. She's been a great baby. You have, haven't you? You have been a good baby. And do you have many other embryos? Yes. Yeah. Our, our doctor was like, like another ten each. Ten each. She's oh, like, wow. you guys were an army, and they're like, no, 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 just. One more would be great. <laughs> and did, would you hope to go through the same surrogate or do you think it would be someone different? I think she, she shut the shop. She down. shut the shop. She's done, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame but her. But she was great. Like she honestly was great. She was like, I've had three incredible um, pregnancies and births. She goes, this little angel, she's to call her an angel, this little angel is my Aww. hardest pregnancy and my hardest birth. And I think on that note, it was good. But we're insta friends and she follows and she sees everything and she comments and you know, like so it's really cute that like she was just i love the fact that i can just watch what she's up to and the donor of the egg do they have no idea who's got like what's what's the process with them no so we we basically could see her medical history and i think the information we she would have known that we were australian and a male to male couple but that's sort of about it. Okay. Yeah. And did you have, you know, being two men, did you have any gender preference at all? I really wanted a girl. Jack really wanted a girl. Oh. And I just think, do you know, fashion designer and a makeup artist. I mean, <laughs> Would have been a waste. Absolutely. I feel like you're more equipped than I am. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we did, um, when we were choosing the embryos, for us, I think a lot of our friends are going through the IVF process. And I think for us, we just wanted to choose the best quality embryo. It was just like there is an extra process where you can test the sex of the, the embryo, embryo, but we didn't we didn't want to. And I think for round two we won't do that either. I think we'll just go transfer our best and see if it takes, and whatever it will be, will mm-hmm. will be. So with the birth, were you able to? I mean, I'm just getting my head around the whole COVID situation. How did you get? You know what? This is actually quite funny. Obviously. I know you'd say obviously you don't know, but we thought we were going to America for a two-week holiday before she was coming coming. And then our surrogate texted us saying, Hey guys, my fluids are low. I think I'm going to be induced on Friday. This was Tuesday. We were like, huh? So then we had to quickly get COVID tests. Then we had to get a flight on Thursday, which arrived the Friday. And then Ollie was born six hours later. So we got <gasps> there. But she texted at 4 a.m. was like, you need to leave the country. And we're like, babe, it's not that, that easy, easy at the moment. I was going to say that is stressful enough in just normal times, let alone working out like, will I be able to come back? And yeah, so you and were there we got, for the they, birth? They were asking questions as we were getting on the flight, like, have you got a guardian here? Do you want her to have a vitamin K injection? What's the thing? Just oh, in yeah. case that we don't, we're not there. And so then we thought we weren't allowed into the hospital to your, to your point. So then we thought only one of us could go, but then they were actually like, oh no, you can go in. So we could see our surrogate. And then we didn't, we weren't there for the birth. We were in the yep. room next door. But I think because we thought we weren't going to be allowed in there. So we had Ollie in our hands. It was amazing. And then we thought that we were going to go back to our apartment. She we were told we weren't allowed to stay there, but she would just go into the nursery and we could come back the next day one at a time, you know, for a feed or a visit kind of thing because of COVID. And then they were like, so we were there afterwards, skin on skin, obviously no sleep, jet lag, oh straight to birth. So you exhaust. pretty much gave birth as well. Oh, God, we there. And then they were like, <laughs> and then they were like, oh, guys, come on, you're coming down to the family parent units. And we were like, oh, we're going as well? They're like, yeah. And we were like, okay, cool. No toothbrush, no underwear, no nothing. We're not jumper on. Obviously, because it's in Palm Springs, it's like 
roasting outside, but inside it's freezing. So we're both just like exhausted, so shaking, so underprepared for any of it. And then you've got a baby that's waking up every two hours, screams, <laughs> she's fed, you're like, Oh, I uh, love that. I feel like everyone needs to feel that little bit underprepared. So I feel like you guys got probably the exact same experience I felt after giving birth in that I was like, what, you're just like going to let me yeah, have this, this thing? <laughs> one, of, one of our friends, they said something, they were like, she was, you know, walking out of the hospital the next day and saying, but you need a license to drive a car. How are you living? Yeah. <laughs> we say this or all the time. Or even like a checklist. Like, you know, when you do your L's and you have to yeah, at least sit yeah. there and it's like, oh, if a truck's turning this way, like, do you stop? Do you indicate? Like, I'm or like, surely like you're even going to make me do an online test or something. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> I've done my 20 hours with a baby. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. Grab the car seat. Off you go. See you later. So when you actually were able to leave the hospital with her, did you stay in? In America for a little while or did you just go home no we were there for seven we were seven weeks so we were just like there for seven weeks and we had to get you know because she's not a citizen of anywhere she doesn't have a passport she can't fly until she's a citizen you know um, so then we that was just there was so much paperwork for seven weeks just trying to get her citizenship for Australia and there's so many things now you know for round two will definitely be an element of yes. professional because even getting her, you know, you know what it's like, trying to get a passport photo for a baby. And it's like eyes open, mouth shut. Or dead centre. Dead centre. And you're just like, we've got like Maltesers, like all above us shaking. Like, come on. Even for an adult, it's hard. Had to do that. Had to submit all our paperwork to. Even, yeah, birth certificates and all that kind of stuff. It's a constant race against the clock with all these government officers, both in America and here, to be like, no, I really need this so I can get to the next one and then the next one and the next one and Driving and to it's LA. probably like, oh, it's closed in Australia. And then when it opens yeah. in Australia, it's closed in America. Like you have to get an Australian to sign. Like we had to find an Australian in Palm Springs because for an emergency passport, it has to be from an Australian. Oh, my goodness. Like, well, what if you don't know an Australian? Like, what if you're actually living somewhere where there aren't any Australians? Yeah. You know, and they have to say, yeah, I've known the baby since birth. And so we find this bloke through friends of friends, basically, who's lovely. <laughs> this bloke. And he was kind of like, so wait, how long have I known her? How old is she? Like, She's four weeks. And he's like, oh, old friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we wait, go way back. Look, if he'd had one chat with her, he actually did know her for a large percentage of her <laughs> life. Oh, yeah. But that is so ridiculous. Yeah. No. And then, yeah, after seven weeks, we flew home for hotel quarantine. And how was that? <sighs> it's pretty shit, but, like, I think... I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah but she was she's been good like she went from palm springs to la to la to san francisco san francisco sydney and we were just like is she gonna explode mm. is she gonna explode and she just pretty much cruised the whole way and we were just like and then got into the hotel and hotel quarantine and just went how bloody dare you yeah. <laughs> and just lost it in the room we were like You've been so good for 18 hours or 20 hours. So, you know, yeah, like she's been she's been a good girl. But night feet, oh. whoa, that's real. Yeah, I was going to say, though, if Are there's any time to do hotel quarantine, it's almost in that newborn phase. You feel yeah, jet lag anyway. anyway. You don't know if it's day or night. You're yeah. probably going to be stuck at home. I mean, the lack of fresh air would do you in. I think not but... being able to go for a walk, you know, that oh. was our saving grace when she was first born, especially in a place like Palm Springs. All we did was walk around these amazing houses and you know it was so hot over there that at 5 a.m that's your one time to be out of the house and so Mm -hmm. all we did were these huge walks so when that was taken away it was a bit of a like oh kind of sucks being in the same room all the time but 
Our hotel was amazing and I think the rules are a bit different in Sydney. You're allowed to get packages and things. So yes. we had a fairly cushy time. And how has having a baby affected your relationship? I mean, if you could, you know, go overseas surrogacy COVID in a room with a newborn baby you have yeah. done it all and you are still here to tell the we story should be, we should be we're not married we should be divorced but we're all right yeah. are we? I think do you want us to give you a minute yeah Jack, oh, Jack's yeah. not well, certain baby was because like you know COVID took away travel and going out to restaurants and all the rest so by the time she came along, we were kind of used to a slower pace together anyway. And we've wanted it for so long. Like I think, yeah. like, you know, we spoke to our doctor and he was just like, you know. There are no accidental you know, day pregnancies. Like, you know, totally you- prepared. You're, you're there. You wanted it. Like I think the, the actual birth part, we were totally like unprepared for that. And I've got a, so, a new respect for any parent that's night feeding. Like that was like, but I think because we were jet lagged and, you know, she just cries every two hours because she wants fed. And it's just like, you were like, Whoa, whoa, and <laughs> I still think though that it's you know one of the very few maybe advantages is that you know in those initial days and weeks we weren't trying to recover Cover. as well. We were able to yeah. hit the ground running, and because we can't breastfeed, the you can load share more efficiently. There's no reason yeah. I should get up. You know, compared to Ross, we can go 50-50 for those really hard. You know, that first month. Um, so I do think that that made it easier. You can really, really work as a team. Yeah. Um, and is that how you have been kind of splitting up the roles of parenthood? It's how we did over there. Yeah. Like now that Ross has gone back to work, so I want him to be able to actually function during the day. And yeah. if I need to take it a bit slower during the day because I've had a hard night, then that's sort of all right. But she's been pretty good since we've been home. We've had the, the snow and... She's been sleeping eight hours since we've been back in the country. What? So we're a bit like, don't ruin it. Don't, I know, I know. Yeah, I don't know. touch Did wood. you just say that out into the universe? Yeah. Oh. My 18-month-old barely does that. Well, we're waiting for it to change. We're waiting for it to change. It has only been two weeks. Yeah. Well, a bit longer. So how old is she now? 12 weeks. 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Yes, we're waiting for four months. Yeah, I was going to say, we're not saying anything. We can't be those parents who say, just you wait. There's nothing Never. worse than Never. people who say, just you wait, just you wait. Yeah, no, no we're, we're totally no, like. When it happens, at least I feel like our batteries have been recharged now. Because you do just go delirious, aren't you? You're just like, she's screaming, you're up, you're both like, middle of the night, shit everywhere. You're just like. Oh, I've just got to get this done, keep the nightlight there. Like, is that going to be good for her? And then, even just when it gets to eight o'clock at night, you're just like, like we should go to bed. And then everybody tells you, oh, you've got to sleep when the baby sleeps. Oh, like, oh, sorry, hun, that's not happening. <laughs> you're just like, we're not sleeping no. when the baby's sleeping. It's just, yeah. Well, you should be asleep right now because she's asleep. Yeah, off so. you go. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have another important question for you. How has, and I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, Maggi? Yeah, Madge. Maggi. How has Maggi, your dog, taken to the new addition? She's Great. really protective of her. Aww. Yeah. Other, other dogs come near to pram and she Maggi. goes for her. Whereas she's she not. turns into a Rottweiler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, we should point out that Madge is the size of you know, a guinea pig. Um, a guinea pig. <laughs> but no, she's become really protective and she just, you know, we've got a little kind of day bed where Ollie sleeps most during the day and Madge jumps up there and lies next to her. She's sort of become this, you know, guardian in a way. 
But then when she, when Ali cries, Madge will just walk away. She no, she's not into the, she's not into the crying. Now, do you have any tips or tricks or words of advice for any parents who may be about to start, you know, down the surrogacy route or even IVF? Well, I, for me, I think, I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like surrogacy in Australia is still a bit taboo, right? Or mm. just it's not as co- not as common in, in America, especially with our agency. It wasn't just homosexual couples; it was huge heterosexual couples. And I just probably feel like I don't know the, the fact that we're having this conversation just helps make everything easier. And it's you know surrogacy is available for everybody for so many reasons. For so yeah. many reasons, and I think I just encourage anyone who's thinking about it to use online as their best resource. We we had so much helpful advice and encouragement through Instagram, searching hashtags and meeting other Australian intended parents who've done it because it's so different country to country. Yeah. But, you know, we sort of feel like we've had so much help. Guidance. From total strangers, you know. Yeah. A couple in Brisbane, a couple in Perth, a couple in Sri Lanka, you name it. Everyone has is really so helped. willing to give you know, their side of the story and we're definitely the same. We're helping a couple of people who've reached out to us on Instagram saying, well, you know, this is how we orchestrated our paperwork or you should speak to this legal team over in the States. And I think that there is a really great community. It may not be completely, you know, out in the open and if you Google, you don't always find the answers you want, but if you find the people, Mm. everyone's willing to talk. It's a really fantastic community. And what's your thought on it being commercialised in Australia? Do you feel like that would have really helped your experience? I think it would have been really nice to be a part of a pregnancy. I think, you know, we definitely feel like we missed out. We never saw our bump. We never felt it. We were never able to speak to her before Mm. the day she was born. And And that that would have been really special for us. And that was our experience. Some people have a different... Yeah, other people have been able to. We couldn't travel over there. But I also think that it's, you know, when it's done the right way, it benefits everybody. So, you know, provided you actually are in a country like ours where it would be regulated to a point that no one can be exploited, then it's a win-win situation if it helps the carrier and helps the parents and... Yeah, but we chose our agency in America based on I did a beauty event with someone in in Sephora in Sydney and the person working there was like, oh, my friend's been a surrogate in America. And I said, oh, can I speak to her? She was like, I really recommend. They looked after us. They were there for us. They were, you know... So for them, it was started and run by people who have been surrogates. So it's very surrogate first. And they have more power in some ways than we do because it's about protecting. But I feel like it's such an important thing that you shouldn't have to do all this like underground work to get support and to find the answers you need. I mean, like it makes me then feel sorry for people who don't know how to find this support. Yeah, we found our facilities and there was obviously there's so many and everybody Everybody's like, yeah, we can do it. But you're like, which is the one best one to go with? Who, who, do you know what I mean? Who's being genuine? Like everybody can do it. Everybody can get you pregnant. Like, but you're just like, what's the go? And I just found these uh, dads, intended parents on a testimonial. And I just ended up just online. I just messaged them. And but like I said, every, everyone yeah, in the online community is willing to talk. You just need, yeah. to, just need to find them. But it is hard. And did you both get paternity leave or paid parent leave or how does that work my my work were extremely flexible they've been incredible like i 
told my boss that I was had to leave the next day to go to America. Yeah. And I just I've just joined in the last year, so I didn't have that much leave, but they've been so flexible. They were like, go and get your baby. And when you're ready, jump, jump back online. And they've been so flexible since you can come in and out of the office, like do what you want to do up until Christmas. So for me, I'm just like, can I, I haven't got that much leave, but as night, I cannot believe how flexible. And employers being free. And I guess silver lining of COVID is everyone's so used to working from home yeah, and being flexible. And- Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And I think similar to you as well, Pup, isn't it? It's like you've got your parental you've got your parental leave and Jack will be off till next year. And I think he'll just uh, and he'll get his government leave. And then he might just go back a couple of days, a couple of days a week. And have you felt like you've had any kind of negative remarks or anything in terms of being dads? I mean, it really shocked me that you said that. of people or something, you know, in adoption are ticking to have a heterosexual family, like, you know, take on their child. Like I just, that really surprises me. No, I mean, where we live in Fitzroy in Melbourne, it's a pretty, you know, friendly little bubble. But even the difference over in America, especially Palm Springs, people were just like, we'd walk past, they're like, is that a baby or a dog in the stroller? And we're like, it's a baby. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, no one was phased no in America. They were just like, cool, oh, my God, gorgeous guys. This is great. Like, just, like, virtually high-fiving you in the supermarket. And back here, I think we get a lot of looks, but no one's outwardly said anything. I wonder if the fact that surrogacy is more accessible there, like, maybe they're yeah. just so much that's, more that's what used I mean. to. Doesn't. We were boring yeah. to them. Whereas here, I, I think people, there's people a lot of questions. looking like, where are their wives or whose baby is that? Yeah. But no one's been, yeah. I don't, I've had, we have a few um, remarks from other, you know, funnily enough, it's more more people online, a lot of people on Russ's Instagram. Like other gay guys, just like, oh, I don't believe. That's disgusting. I don't believe in uh, gays having children, blah, 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 blah. Did you say other gays saying that? Yeah, like some other, like, wow. not, not a lot, just, um, just a few people making. Just the non-paternal like, ones? Yeah, but well, that's fine. Like, I don't know, for us, like, you can have your opinion. We just, we, we just. You, you can know, have your opinion. Stick it up your ears. Yeah, I'm just, I'm yeah. like, and don't follow gay dads on Instagram. Exactly. Like, block it. But, <laughs> Isn't but that funny? No, we've been so we've been so lucky. Did you feel a connection instantly when you got to hold her? Yeah, yeah. and it was funny. After the third day in hospital, I hadn't had a shower and was beginning to really turn on the nose. And so I went to, <laughs> back to our apartment for a shower, and I called Ross afterwards I'd only been away from hospital for maybe 15 minutes mm. but I called and then I heard her crying for the first time and I wasn't there and it just went Annie. straight through me because yeah. she okay I was like yeah she's fine she's chill I thought this is weird it's three days and I didn't give birth but something hormonally does happen where you just it goes straight through you yeah. But it just shows there's so much more to being a parent than being pregnant, than giving birth, than breastfeeding, yeah. all of those things. You know, they're they're amazing if you can do them and have a pleasant experience doing that, but it shows there's so much more to a family than those things. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, yes. Ross and Jack, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your beautiful story. I, I, I'm assuming and I'm hoping that it will definitely inspire a lot of others, so we really appreciate it. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. And willing to help so if any of your uh, listeners or followers want any advice please just far away absolutely we'll add your instagram in the show notes too so that people can find you easily lovely thank you so much much, bye. bye thanks for listening to this episode of beyond the bump 
If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.